Hello Storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, there's a storm brewing. There is. We thought we were done, we were not. Snowmageddon comes again. (laughs) 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 And it's it's a Monday, and I think we're both tired. Yes. But how are you, and what have you been playing? (laughs) Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I spent the weekend at my uh, wife's parents. It was my mother-in-law's birthday. That was very lovely and very wonderful, but I am very tired. Um, Mm. I didn't play anything all weekend, but I've been playing a bunch of stuff, um, mostly things that apparently have twos in them. Um, (laughs) I've been playing The Last of Us Part 2, and like right before I left on my trip, I was like, you know what, there's probably like... A half hour left. I, I just finished a certain part of the game where it was like, okay, you know, it changed over to something completely different. I was like, that was, man, that was intense. I'm not sure where it's going, but that feels like an okay end point. And now, it, now I like him then now starting again in a new place. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Mm-hmm. There is more yep. here. Yep. Um, I think I know what you're talking is, about. <laughs> which is good and exciting, especially I think with some of the things it looks like they're setting up. Uh, yeah. that's been very fun. Um, I've been only doing that a whole lot. Um, it's been very intense, but good. Um, Dying Light 2, a little bit. I have a, an old friend from high school, Dylan, um, oh, okay. who reached out and said, hey, I want to play some games. I, this game is on sale for $10. Um, so I've played maybe an hour of it. Um, it's fine. It's fun. It's mindless and spooky. Um, like you just run around and kill zombies in this big spooky open world. I don't know how far we'll get in it. Uh, mm. But it was just, it's its its a fun time. And then Destiny 2, the new expansion, comes out <gasps> tomorrow. Tomorrow is Lightfall. Um, what, very excited. What? Yes. Sorry, I was t- I'm cutting off as I just, I had this image in my mind. What? I saw the trailer for it the other day in yep. the, the PlayStation uh, State of Play. Yep. What, who is the creepy, who is the creepy person with the fumes Which coming one? out of their head? They that's, are That's scary. the witness. He is the, the OG bad. He is the villain of the whole thing he is the wielder of the darkness who caused the collapse oh. he's coming for the witness uh sorry coming for the traveler to destroy it um so yeah this this is supposed to be like um this is supposed to be like the like second act where like we lose things go really really oh. bad like things are gonna like it, it is gonna be really really intense um and then the next um, year expansion will, I guess, be like the finale of the light and dark saga, they're calling it. Um, mm. So we're like coming to the end. Bunch of really cool quality of life stumping coming. Some really good marketing. Like they last expansion, they kind of like talked about it, but they've gone like kind of all out, it feels like. And mm. again, maybe I'm the target audience. That's why I'm seeing this so much. But like <laughs> videos every couple days on YouTube and all kinds of wild stuff. Um, but it's very exciting, and they're doing some cool stuff, and they're simplifying the game and making it more friendly for uh, people who don't have endless amounts of time, which I'm here for. Mm. Um, so yeah, The Witness, he's big and spooky, um, and he's got this big old other dude who's his friend as well, Callus, uh, who's who's also big and spooky. Um, oh, yeah. But not yeah. as spooky. Um, I just want to say, I get why they call him The Witness. His eyes, his eyes are like massive and terrifying like they're freaky i i, I wasn't thinking yeah. much of it until i walked out i was like oh my god his eyes are just way too much it's like and it's like looking at like, your soul in like the clouds there's like faces yeah. in there that like look out oh. and like come forward and then vanish it's real spooky it's, it's a, some really cool art design he is supposed to be like the thanos level like he is more powerful he mm-hmm. does not care all the other villains in destiny are like kind of over the top kind of ridiculous kind of like silly and and goofy and like i'm so big and scary bow down to me and the witness is like you are you are insignificant you there's i'm here for one thing and there's nothing you can do about it and it's in a very like intense spooky way that i'm I'm here for so um, is he gonna be in a raid maybe that you can you can be able to fight him you think or i i don't think we'll be able to fight him in this expansion i think we probably will fight him in the next year's expansion they've already announced the the raid there's two raids a year now one is a new raid and when they redo an old raid um, so that oh. raid that we did in Destiny One, oh my is god, probably really? gonna come back this year. They're gonna redo it and re-release it. The Wrath of the Machine, where you're riding on the Zamboni and you're yeah. fighting in the TV room. Yeah, that's gonna probably I, come I back. Think, oh, the TV room. Yeah. Yes, I felt <laughs> yeah. so dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably gonna come back. Um, yeah. this year, uh, probably in the um, summer of this year or the summer. Yeah, the summer. 
of this year. So that'll be very exciting. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Destiny. Very Wild cool. Times. Yeah, exciting. Um, but Eric, how are you? And what have you been playing? I'm good. But I'm finally getting over some colds in the house. Everyone's mm. been sick at different times. Everybody's so finally, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's sick. It's awful. Um, it's funny because like everyone keeps talking about this. So I'm sure I'm just another person in the cog of pe- things of people that you know who say the same things over and over again. But uh, it's funny because like during COVID, whenever time masks on, you really didn't get sick very much. But now <laughs> that masks are weird again, unfortunately, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's just it's so easy to get sick now. And so I mean. I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, I'm fine, though. We're getting over the colds. If snow coming in, but I don't really care. It's whatever. <laughs> At this point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, for what I've been playing, I've been playing, of course, still Breath of the Wild. I just, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of reaching that threshold. I can go and beat Gan in any time. I'm just trying to do little things. I'm just trying to explore. I never actually, this is going to sound so stupid. I played Breath of the Wild so much. I've actually never actually tamed a horse in the game. Like, oh. I know, I like, I just never cared enough to. I kind of liked running around and not yeah. having a horse. Like, so I finally tamed a horse and it's been a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> like, I wish I didn't tame it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, and then it died. And I was like, horses die? Like, I was totally, <laughs> and then there's a horse god I never knew about that can revive your, your dead horse. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, the, the, that's what I love about Breath of the Wild is it's just there's so much I still do not know to this day. Like yeah. when my horse fell over, I was like, oh no, my horse, he'll get back up. And then he just poofs. And I was like, what happened to my horse? I was like, you're yeah. kidding. And then I found out that I was like, well, I might have to restart. I got to do an old save because I really like this horse. I mean, I don't, but I don't want to get another one. And, uh, and then IGN told me that there's a horse god and I found it. And it's really, it's pretty upsetting. It's kind of terrifying. Nothing like yeah. the other gods in the game, yeah. the goddesses, I mean. Anyway, that's why I'm a motorcycle. Just get yourself a motorcycle. <laughs> well, see, I can't because I need to beat all the divine beasts to get the motorcycle. But I refuse to not be in the divine beast this round. I'm just gonna go yeah. in solo oh, and, and try to beat it. all the versions of Ganon without yeah. doing it. So it'll be fun. Cool. <laughs> and then, of course, I've also been. Uh, now, of course, actually, you don't know this. Um, at work, I've become kind of the cool therapist, right? Like I've got, a, I've kind of evolved, unfortunately, beyond board games. Even though I love board games. Uh, I brought my Switch one time, and now it's just gone out of control. So I've never had, especially for all my, my child clients, uh, I've never had such motivated clients before who want to do the work <laughs> for that 25 minutes of Switch time. Yeah. So uh, I've actually been playing a lot of, uh, it's always Mario Kart a lot of times, but I have two two kids right now under the age of 10 who are playing the uh, Untitled Goose game with mm. me right now, which is the inspiration for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been fun to kind of like vicariously live through these like you know kids who are younger than 10 and just like love how silly it is to be this goose terrorizing these people, uh, which I thought was just so much fun to kind of just like, again, like vicariously uh, live through these kids <laughs> as they're enjoying it. Yeah. And like, it's funny because like one one kid is like, if we're stuck and we don't know what to do, because I don't want to just tell the kids what to do. I just feel like it takes the fun out of it. I have them try to figure it out. The one kid goes, can you just look up how to do this? I don't really care how to, I don't want to figure this out. Let's just, I want to just experience it and move on. That's not what it, you know. What he says, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm like, sure. yeah, sure, I look it up. And then that kid's like, really trying their best to just find how to do it. It's like, no, no, I'll figure this out, and just kind of stares at the screen for a little bit, and just like kind of sits with himself. And it's like, cool, just very different styles of playing. Nothing's yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. Um. So it's just kind of fun to to experience. So, but yeah, that's all I've been playing. I still haven't played Dead Space, but I will eventually. I'm just kind of <laughs> gearing myself up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, spooky. Yeah. it's so spooky. Even though I heard rumors that they are, EA is asking players uh, if they want a Dead Space Two or Dead Space Three, which I would be for different reasons. I would be so sure. happy for both those. Yeah. Dead Space Two is my favorite of the series. It was just that so much the best fun. One. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little bit more actiony, but still horror. I felt like I had, I feel like I had no control, but also a little bit of control. Yeah. Whereas in Dead Space One, I had no control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just was constantly fight or flight. When this one, in Dead Space Two was like. A little bit fight or flight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, was yeah, it constantly some, the some, crisis some dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Dead Space 3, because you and I played it in college. Right, had yeah. a great time. <laughs> From what I've heard, like an incomprehensible story, a bunch of nonsense. But mm-hmm. it was very, very fun. It was such a fun yeah. time to play together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget, my, my cousin was my roommate, and I just remember it being pitch black in the room because he was trying to sleep. As, as one should do when they're in at college. Night, and then yep. I'm up with you at like 10 o'clock at night screaming in my dorm room because I'm terrified. I felt really bad now. I should reach out and apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't think, I don't think it was that scary looking back. Now, this piece three is not Probably as not. scary as no. either of the other two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Story Goers, we hope that you're doing well and we hope that you enjoyed our last episode of The Last of Us 
episodes one through five analysis that Ryan and I did. We had a really good time doing that. Yeah, that was very fun. And we'll also uh, be releasing the last four episodes of the season uh, come the end of the season. So, uh, as always, you can email us your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to talesinthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Instagram, or you can leave us a voicemail or text at our toll-free Tales in the Cartridge number at 207-494-4334. And we'll read everything on a future episode. Um, and of course, we're still giving out stickers if you want to write in and, and tell us your address. I promise we will not send you anything else because I have a hard time sending anyone e- uh, anyone mail. <laughs> <laughs> or email. I'll just say email, but that's also true. I have a hard time emailing people back to <laughs> So, But we will, we will send this to you. Uh, don't be afraid that we're going to just like spam your email or spam your mail. That would never happen. So... Um, and then, of course, if you feel in your hearts to donate to our Tales in the Cartridge Patreon for just a dollar, you'll get access to all of our scripts that we're slowly releasing, as well as the warm and fuzzy feelings of supporting your favorite podcast, which is 100% us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan, actually, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but have you seen our downloads for the month? Uh, I know you sent me something about our downloads. We have gone as high as we ever have in Tales of the Cartridge history in the Woo! shortest month of the year. Oh, that's incredible. We have gone above and beyond what we ever have done in a single month, which is just wild. <laughs> I will say also, I mean, we have many listeners everywhere, Canada and Australia, especially for the outside of the U.S. for us. It's pretty wild. Uh, but I will say for the U.S., the West Coast loves us. The West Coast there. is just the, yeah. the whole West Coast is just lit up for us and for our, our listeners, and of course Texas as well. Shout out to Alex who wrote into us a few weeks ago, uh, and then on the East Coast, I think New Jersey is the only one that really represents us. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, everyone else we have listeners on that side, but New Jersey is the one that like of the East yeah. Coast listens the most. So, right. uh, which is interesting because I had a horrible time in New Jersey. New Jersey once, I pretend <laughs> like it's not real. <laughs> I had a rough time, but I really support whoever whoever is listening from New Jersey. Thank you so much. So pretty wild, yeah. Look, I'm looking at it now. It's insane. That's that's incredible. Thanks, thanks, y'all. You're the best. Yeah, um, the super kind. Yeah, super super kind. Looks like we're about to move out west, Eric. We gotta yeah, pick know, everything I up know. and move out west. Go I know. Seattle I told my girlfriend if we didn't have family like to worry about, I, we'd probably move to the west coast. Honestly, yeah, like, yeah. We've been like we've Washington been State about, be sweet. Um, if and when, not if. In the future, if something were to ever happen to our families where we were no longer bound to, to the East Coast, we would probably do the same. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, tragedy has its place in time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to regret saying that. And every time a door closes, another door opens, you know? When you lose something, that's just space to fill it with something new. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like a whole state on the West Coast. tragedy <laughs> where your entire family, for some reason, is gone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You move to across the country. That feels reasonable. The, the Last of Us style. <laughs> yeah, go from exactly. Boston, go from Boston to wherever they go. Wyoming. Is it Oregon? Is it Wyoming? That's where Jackson is, yeah. Jackson's in Wyoming. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, wherever they're going to the Fireflies, I forget. Oh, we shouldn't that's talk in, about this. For uh, people who haven't listened, whoever oh, watched. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. Get, yeah well, it's, it's been the show. They know they're going with the West. I just don't know where they're going. Yeah, they just don't know. It's it's actually in um, the Midwest. It's in Salt Lake City. Oh, oh, that's right. It's Midwest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not as cool as West. All right. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Ryan, uh, today's episode is a really fun one. It's a short one, but I think it's really good. Uh, We are doing the Untitled Goose Game. And I was hoping if you would uh, help me not talk as much and take over by (laughs) giving us some of the background stuff for the game, if you don't mind. I would love to. Um, Untitled Goose Game, an incredible, uh, super goofy game where you control a goose um, who is just wreaking havoc in a small... I kind of imagine English countryside town. I don't know if that's yeah. why my brain envisions that. But yeah. um, I think because of the folks and what they're doing. Um, released for Mac, OS, Windows, and Switch on September 20th, 2019. There was also a like, multiplayer update that came out later that was oh, yeah, very yeah. good and very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out on the PS4 and Xbox One in December of 2019. Uh, developed by House House, um, published by Panic Inc., um the game directors are i'm gonna do my best here uh, oh i'm so sorry <laughs> nico disseldorp jack strasser Stuart, gespy cook oh good and job michael mccaster no michael nice. mcmaster mcmaster um, yeah got yeah. it got it there yeah some really it's a four-person studio 
Sorry. Oh wow, that's remember. everybody. That's the entire studio. It's the whole, the whole, yeah, it's the whole studio. There's they had a, they had a composer. Um, mm-hmm. I forget. I should have put their name in. Uh, but yeah, so there's really no director that I could tell. It's just these four people making the game together. Four folks, power of friendship. So yeah. Do you want to go back and forth on the the fun facts for the game? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the first thing we found is that so Untitled Goose Game was developed. By, like I just said, a four-person indie studio, which is House House, and they're based in Melbourne, Australia. Um, the game was originally from, originated from a stock photograph of a goose that an employee posted in the company's internal communications, which sparked some conversation about geese. Geese, terrifying creatures. <laughs> so scary. Mm-hmm. Ducks are cute. Geese are scary. Mm-hmm. Geese are so scary. Uh, House House cited Mario 64, Super Mario 64, sorry, as the initial inspiration for the type of game that they hoped to build. And I want to say to you really fast that all these facts that we're reading is from Wikipedia because they're all sourced. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that it was accurate. Yeah. Um, so everything we're saying is literally from Wikipedia. You can look it up if you need any more information. Um, it was created, House House created a structure using missions with specific targets, similar to assassinations in the Hitman style series as a joke. So you get like a list of things to do, but they're yeah. things like, you know, spray the farmer with water or like put his mm-hmm. rake in the pond or something like that, um, which is very good. It's so funny. I love it because as you progress, they, they put up the, the no goose signs. They said to put those out, and it's just so funny how yeah. it turns out. Uh, so the, the team opted for an English village as the setting, as its, quote, properness, off, unquote, is that the end of what you say? Quote, unquote? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, was seen as the, quote, the antithesis, 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 <laughs> antithesis, oh, shit, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> the antithesis of what the goose was all about, uh, unquote, according to developer Nico Oh, geez, man, I should have paid attention when you said it. Uh, <laughs> according to developer Nico. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, the name of Untitled Goose Game was thrown off having to come up with a title quickly. I learned that the game had been accepted at the Fantastic Arcade, part of the Fantastic Fest in Texas. Without any other ideas, um, use the title of the gameplay video they had applied to the submission, which stuck. Um, very good, the Untitled Goose Game. So perfect with the chaos of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Ryan, what's your history for this with this game? Yeah, so this is a game that I uh, was really when it came out, it was pretty big. It was people were all about mm-hmm. it and talking a lot about it, and um, I hadn't, I didn't have a Switch at the time of when it came out. I don't think because I didn't get my Switch until like right when I got it, pretty close to when uh, the pandemic started. Because I really like the. Uh, Again, this I could be misremembering all this. I could have had a Switch in 2019. <laughs> but I don't remember having a Switch when this game came out. Um, I really didn't go play it until the multiplayer um, version of it. Oh. I'd seen parts of it played, but it wasn't until the multiplayer because I wanted to play it with my partner. So once I wait, we waited. When it came to Switch with that multiplayer, we, we both dived in and played it. And it was it was a very fun time uh, playing a couple of terrifying geese um, in the <laughs> village. It was a very, very good game. Um, it was very fun to just cause chaos, but it's 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 a really mm-hmm. good time. It's a good game. Um, just the the freedom and the kind of openness um, allows for just really fun. It's just fun to be in that space and just to cause yeah. horror and, and terror to this small village. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love how it's just meaningless terror. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's just so silly. Yeah. Like no one's really getting hurt in the idea of like. It's just more pestering than anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is so funny. It's so different than Hitman, right? You're literally killing people in Hitman, whereas in this, like, <laughs> yeah. you're just upsetting people <laughs> a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I uh, I played this one, I think, when it first came out with my partner, and I actually, uh, I had her play while I kind of watched, and I think I took over control a little bit every now and then when she didn't want to play anymore, um, but we kind of just helped each other figure out how to get through these challenges, and that was, like, the fun part was figuring that together. Um and then now I get to experience it through the multiplayer, which I never got to do before yeah, with yeah. my clients at work now. So, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of doing the I got the whole experience, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I and I forgot between 2019 and 2023, I've forgotten a lot of like ways to accomplish the goals. So it's like kind of playing <laughs> it for the first time again. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of cool to kind of play again. I think the multiplayer is a really cool add-on. They did a great job. So I'm very excited to. Uh, to talk more about it. But I will say, too, just as a, a preface for the, the game before we just jump into the story, um, I was really back and forth as I was writing the script. I was back and forth on, like, should this be a bedtime story? Should this be a regular story, even though it's shorter? And I came up to the conclusion, obviously, to do it as a regular story because I thought that with the sound effects in it, it'd be really funny, like, more of like some comedy and some humor behind it. 
And also, I try really hard to do my best David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough, sorry, impression. Because uh, I kind of saw this as like a BBC documentary of geese yeah. in a way, which I thought was really funny to think about. I will say to to get inspiration or to kind of practice my David Attenborough voice, I kept watching videos online of uh, to to kind of practice this voice. And every time I was trying to avoid it, every time it would just be about like animal mothers abandoning their children. It was just like really bumming me out. It's still the opposite <laughs> of, uh, of a yeah. tell goose game. So uh, I just want to show how, how much I tried. <laughs> it's like kind of one of the trauma you endured to bring yeah. this to the people. Yeah. I was like, take your kid, take your kid back. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, anyway, we hope you enjoyed the story. But without further ado, Ryan, is there anything else you want to say before we jump in? No, I'm so okay. excited to hear the Dave Attenborough voice and to go through the story with you. Oh, perfect. All right. And then we're not going to, the story is so short, we're not going to have a discussion in the middle. We're just going to talk about it at the end. Because it just feels silly to stop in the middle. Yeah. So. yeah. We'll see you at the end. See ya. Let's start the show. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Welcome to a new journey. One in which we will witness the wonder and majesty of a goose. Emerging from the bushes, the goose stands tall and proud. White feathered and sporting orange feet and bill. The goose displays its nimbleness by ducking under a fallen tree on the path it wanders on. The goose sees an abandoned boot on the dirty ground and picks it up with ease and drops it when bored of it. A bike, missing its front wheel, sits on a rock close by as the goose approaches. The goose appears to enjoy ringing the bell before waddling further up the path. But wait. The goose has been stopped in its webbed tracks. A locked gate blocks its path. Now we must ponder the question, is the goose smart enough to get past the wooden barricade? It inspects the gate, trying to find a way through. The goose finds the metal latch as it brings its bill to grab it. Wiggling the latch in all directions until success. The goose has unlocked the gate, but it is now in danger of being crushed under the wobbling gate. The gate sways back and forth until it falls. The goose narrowly escaping its grasp. The goose honks in victory as it continues up the path. Up ahead is a small pond. The goose spreads its wings as it enters into the still waters of the pond. This pond resides within a small quaint village. The village is populated by a small group of people who live peacefully with one another. The goose swims gracefully across the water's surface. It's absolutely stunning. But the goose hides a more sinister side. In the distance, the goose notices its first unsuspecting victim. A groundskeeper working in his meticulously maintained garden. The groundskeeper notices the goose outside of his garden's gate and chuckles to himself. (laughs) The goose stares at the groundskeeper as its sinister side begins to emerge more and more. To its left is a faucet 
with a garden hose attached to it. The goose approaches the garden's gate and tries to enter, but is locked. The groundskeeper looks to the goose, but appears to have no intention of letting it in. He watches the goose waddle over to the faucet and stands staring at it. The groundskeeper's eyes follows the hose attached as it connects to the sprinkler at his feet. Surely the goose couldn't turn the faucet on, but it does. The water from the faucet travels through the hose and shoots out of the sprinklers in the garden. The groundskeeper is now soaked. The groundskeeper runs to the garden's locked gate and opens it. He scurries to the garden's faucet to turn it off. In his quickness to stop the sprinklers, the groundskeeper does not yet realize that the goose has entered the garden. As the groundskeeper enters his garden, he watches as the goose is pulling carrots. The groundskeeper scurries over to shoo the goose away from his precious vegetables. He begins to pick up his carrots off the ground when he hears a peculiar noise. The groundskeeper checks his hip, but his keys are now gone. The goose is now in possession of them as he waddles away from his victim. Truly a sight to behold. The groundskeeper chases after the goose and retrieves his keys yet again. The groundskeeper has now had enough. He walks over to the other side of his garden and picks up the sign he has been meaning to put up. On the sign is a silhouette of a goose with a large red line through it. No geese are welcome in his garden anymore. He picks up his hammer and places the sign where it will be hammered into the ground as the goose approaches. The groundskeeper aims his hammer carefully, his other hand supporting the sign. As he goes to hammer his sign, disaster strikes. The groundskeeper has now hammered his own thumb. He staggers to the garden's back gate and rests his back against it as it opens. The groundskeeper falls backwards and lands on the ground. He lays there wondering how this all happened. How did the goose cause so much chaos in such little time? While he ponders, the goose waddles past him, dragging his no-geese sign away as it wanders deeper into the village. Dropping its newly acquired sign, the goose has arrived in a new part of the village, High Street. Though a street in name, there are no cars. Rather, it's a quaint area with a few shops for villagers to go to. As the goose begins to walk on High Street, a young person with his back to the goose turns to find the animal at his feet. A young boy wearing glasses and summer wear. Though one quality of this boy describes him best. He is a wimp. The wimp runs from the goose with all of his might. His legs shake as they try to carry him to safety as he dashes away from his pursuer. Looking ahead, the wimp sees an empty phone booth and enters inside. 
He has narrowly escaped the goose. He has avoided its wrath for now. The goose continues down the street as it wanders into an open market. Various items are for sale, from canned goods to produce and sunglasses, even toilet paper. The goose observes the items, as if wondering what to take until opposition approaches. An older woman with a broom, who is trying desperately to push the goose away. The goose runs to the other side of the open market and turns to face its attacker. As the shopkeeper brings the broom to the ground to push the goose out, the goose grabs the head of the broom with its mouth. Tugging back and forth, both tries to seize power from one another. As they try to pull with all of their might, a popping sound is heard. The goose has pulled the broom head from the broom. The goose walks backwards with the broom head in its mouth, as if claiming another trophy for its victory. It drags the broom head over to an open garage nearby and lets go of its prize. As the shopkeeper enters the garage, she does not know that she has just entered into a trap. As the shopkeeper turns with broom head in hand, she sees the goose standing outside of the garage. Dangling in front of the goose's face is a drawstring meant to close the garage door. The shopkeeper freezes and starts to move slowly as to not startle the animal in front of her. But she was doomed the moment she entered. The goose pulls the drawstring as the garage door shifts and begins to come down. The garage door closes, its victim dropped inside, cursing the goose. As she slams on the opposite side of the garage door, the goose waddles away deeper into the village. The goose continues on, forward down the paved path. Backyard fences line the sides of the path as the goose continues to waddle forward. Eventually, he finds loose boards in one of the backyard fences. Seizing the opportunity, the goose takes full advantage. It creeps into the well-maintained backyard of an unsuspecting villager who is enjoying his time outside. The villager is reading the newspaper and enjoying a cup of tea as the goose walks through his backyard. This villager is a tidy neighbor. The tidy neighbor puts his newspaper down to monitor the goose who has wandered into his backyard. The goose does not acknowledge the tidy neighbor as it waddles down through the white wooden arches and down small steps next to a small water fountain. The goose notices a small yellow string tied to the neighbor's fence. Knowing the tendencies of our goose, we are bound to know what will happen next. Yes. The goose walks over to the string and pulls it. The goose discovers a hole 
in the fence and proceeds to enter. He wanders into the messy backyard of the messy neighbor next door. This messy neighbor has several decorations placed in their backyard. A frog with a sun hat fishing, a miniature windmill, a bathtub and toilet with planted flowers inside of them, and even a statue of a goose with a red ribbon tied to its neck. An art easel is set up with a canvas to be painted on. A purple vase set up in front of it as inspiration. Also in this backyard is a large golden bell set up with a small hammer ready to strike it with the touch of a button. The goose travels to the large golden bell and notices the tidy neighbor just across the fence. The tidy neighbor is enjoying his time outside, sets his newspaper down and grabs the warm cup of tea to enjoy it on such a perfect day. Unbeknownst to the tidy neighbor, the goose watches carefully as it stands close to the small hammer attached to the large golden bell, ready to be triggered. As the tidy neighbor puts the cup to his lips and lets in his warm tea into his mouth, the goose strikes. The strike of the bell makes the tidy neighbor shoot his tea out from his mouth. The goose walks away as the tidy neighbor turns to see who rang the massive bell. But there's no one there. The goose has moved on to cause more terror. The messy neighbor quickly turns toward the sound of the bell and runs over to see what has happened. She resets the bell and apologizes to the tidy neighbor next door. The messy neighbor returns to her art easel only to find her goose statue with the red ribbon is now gone. She looks around for her statue, but it is nowhere to be found. Unknown to her, the goose has set another trap. As she continues to look for her statue, the messy neighbor turns to see it has returned. The red ribbon lay on the ground besides the goose. The messy neighbor approaches her goose statue with a look of confusion on her face. She bends down and carefully ties the ribbon back on her statue's neck. But the messy neighbor is about to learn that this is not her statue. The goose statue is actually the goose, now with a red ribbon tied onto it. The goose waddles away, accomplished, and sporting a fetching red ribbon on its neck. The messy neighbor and the tidy neighbor both try to collect themselves as their antagonizer scurries away. With an open door to a nearby house, the goose passes through, uninvited. It causes quite a commotion as it quickly leaves the private residence. As it travels down the road, the goose takes a left turn and finds himself at the entrance of a pub. The goose tries to enter, but is quickly shooed away. No geese 
aloud. The goose tries again, but to no avail. Foiled, the goose is defeated, and its rampage has stopped. Wait. The goose has found an empty box by a yellow van meant to deliver goods. The goose approaches the box and steps inside. It carefully uses its mouth to close the folds of the box until it's mostly closed. A perfect fit. The goose sits and waits inside for an unsuspecting prey to come. Not much time passes as the chef from the pub emerges and sees the box. A look of confusion is on their face as they question why the box was left there. The chef picks up the box and takes it to the back of the pub, not knowing the horror that they have just brought in to their establishment. The chef makes it to the back and sets the box down. They have now dropped their guard at the worst moment. The goose has jumped out of the box and startled the chef to the point where they fell to the ground. The goose explores the back of the pub as the chef quickly leaves to collect themselves. The wild animal trots around the back until it finds an opening under the pub's patio and goes inside. Out of the other end, the goose comes out and walks up the patio's set of stairs as the waiter is cleaning one of the tables. The goose quickly hides under a nearby table out of sight of the waiter. The waiter has no clue that they are being watched. Traveling under more tables, the goose finds a wooden barrel with a hole plugged by a cork. It approaches and tugs on the cork with all of its might. The waiter turns to find chaos. Liquid is spilling from the barrel as the goose runs away with the cork still in its mouth. The waiter goes to fix the barrel as the goose runs off the patio and down to see the patrons enjoying their time at the pub. An elderly man sits on a small stool on the grass as he plays his harmonica. Next to him, on the ground, is a set of throwing rings with a stand used to play a game of toss. The goose goes to examine the rings and picks one up with its mouth. The elderly man does not like this. He slowly stands to shoot the goose away. The goose drops the ring and walks away as the elderly man picks the ring up from the ground and slowly walks it back to the gate where it belongs. The elderly man looks back to sit at his stool and notices the goose. It stands next to the stool peacefully and quiet. The elderly man thinks nothing of the goose. It is a harmless animal. He approaches the bird without fear or hesitation as he turns to sit on the stool. But the elderly man has made a terrible mistake. He has not noticed that the goose now has its mouth around one of the stool's legs and it plans to move it. As the elderly man begins his descent to put his bum on the stool, the goose pulls the stool away. The goose walks away 
as the elderly man rubs his aching bum. The bird finds two more patrons sitting at a picnic table, talking to one another. Next to their table is a small concrete platform. The goose ascends the concrete platform and stares at the patrons who stop talking and look at it. The patrons clap in excitement. One of them motions down, asking the goose to copy them. And it does. The goose bends down. The patrons clap once more. The other patron motions their hands back and forth to simulate flapping wings in the hopes the goose follows suit. It does. The goose has impressed them. One patron takes the pretty yellow flower from its small vase on the table and throws it to the goose. It's an award. The goose has succeeded in impressing them. Though menacing it could be, the goose was also a charmer. Walking away with a flower in its mouth, the goose leaves the pub, out at the back gate, and travels down the village's canal. As the goose looks for more unsuspecting villagers, it arrives in a most peculiar place. A miniature model of the village. The setup is pristine. The goose walks around the model of the village, laid out on the ground. He moves through the miniature garden of the groundskeeper. The small version of High Street with its open market. The backyards of the neighbors and even the pub. Everything is there. But the goose has noticed something immaculate. A small golden bell atop a miniature version of the village's church. It's a bell the goose desperately wants. The goose walks up to the model of the church and observes it. The bell is too high to reach. The goose stretches its neck, but its efforts are in vain. It must give up its desire for the bell. Wait. The goose has noticed something. It's a crack. A crack in the model of the church. The goose begins to peck at the crack as the model's walls begin to crumble away. The walls continue to crumble as small wooden support beams are now exposed. The goose stops pecking at the church's walls and grabs hold of a wooden beam. He begins to tug until success. The church has fallen and with it the bell. It is now within reach. The goose now has its prize, but it won't be easy to take it back to its home. It must now travel through the village in the same way it went through it. It runs through the miniature village in the same way it must now backtrack through the pub, the backyards, high street, and the garden. The goose is now making its way back to the pub. The bell continues to ring from the goose's movements. 
unfortunately for our feathered friend, the noise has now alerted the local villagers. The goose has made it back to the pub and goes under the patio once more. The elderly man, the waiter, and chef try to stop it, but fail. The goose has gotten away from them, has continued out of the pub's outdoor entrance. He follows the path back and goes back inside the messy neighbor's backyard. It must be quiet now, as not to alert the neighbor listening for it. The goose moves slowly through the messy backyard, but cannot find a way out as the neighbor continues to carefully search for them. The goose looks up at the fence in the very back of the backyard and finds a spot high up with an opening. Alas, there is no way up to this opening and a beat-up dresser next to the fence has no way of being climbed up to reach the opening. But the goose has an idea. It is now all or nothing. The goose drops the bell and pulls on the one drawer in the dresser. The drawer is the only thing keeping the dresser structure and by taking it out the dresser collapses. The messy neighbor turns and runs to the goose as it grabs its bell. With the dresser having collapsed at a slope the goose runs up it and through the hole in the fence. As the goose drops down, the tidy neighbor tries to grab it, but the goose races between his legs. It runs out of the open gate of the tidy neighbor's fence and continues forward to escape with its prize. It continues down the concrete path and back to High Street. The open market is now in view. But danger lurks ahead. Villagers pace the street, looking for any signs of the feathered bird. The goose wastes no efforts as it charges forward. Moving under the table of the open market, the goose jukes past the two villagers trying to stop it. But ahead, one more villager awaits at the garden's back gate. The wimp. The young wimp stands ready to stop the goose. Courage now fuels the wimp, as this looks to be his moment to be the villager's hero. However, his courage runs short. One mighty honk of the goose is all it takes to send the wimp running. As the feathered bird makes it back to the garden. Ahead of the goose is its last obstacle. The groundskeeper. He stands at the entrance of his garden, waiting for his prey. The goose knows it cannot get past him without a clever plan. The goose quickly moves to hide behind a raised garden. It is now out of view of the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper's curiosity has peaked. He moves closer to the right side of the raised garden to attempt to stop the goose in its trucks, but the goose is not there. The goose runs from the left side 
and runs towards the garden's gate. The groundskeeper can do nothing to stop it from taking the golden bell. The goose runs to the pond and swims back to the overgrown path we first found it. It runs through the broken gate, past the bike, missing its front tire, and back to the bush it emerged from. Though the goose has stopped, it waddles over to the small ditch near the bushes. Letting go of its bell, it falls into the ditch where several other small golden bells now lie. Another victory for the goose. The end. Ah, what a good story. Brian, what, what, what are your thoughts on the Untitled Goose game? Uh, this game is wonderful in that it is like this chaotic, messy, wild experience where you're just, like like you said at the start, just kind of here to cause problems for these people, but not in any kind of really intense and meaningful way. And to take it then through the lens of a BBC documentary it, <laughs> or like a, a Planet or South documentary is so funny. It adds such like this seriousness to it that like when up against the silliness of what's happening is just the best um Mm -hmm. the description of you know stealing things from the farmers and causing that chaos is just was just so 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 fun um that it it, i think for me really elevated it and in a story that i i isn't super complex it isn't super like there's not a ton happening it allowed for you to engage with it in a new and interesting way and for somebody who's never played will kind of get to get to still see the silliness and and play the silliness without like because in the game there's not really any spoken speaking there's not you're just moving through the thing people make sounds at you or yell at you and you move on and you honk a lot which there's still a lot of honking i, I, I appreciate that that was preserved. <laughs> a, lot um, a lot of honking a lot of honking <laughs> um but yeah it was it was really lovely I, I really liked it yeah i think it's just such a good cute little story <laughs> and it's so funny how the goose is just i i like i kind of took on the way of like he's sinister or it's sinister to be funny you know what i mean because uh, that's just in its nature because geese seem to just be sinister in their nature <laughs> um but only like for like non-harmful reasons like for non-harmful means so like it was just kind of fun to have that kind of play on it and how like the goose will never actually hurt anybody but will just cause chaos everywhere it goes and like it's just kind of fun how it happens it's just so much smarter than people get credit for mm-hmm. which is just a lot of fun yeah. um it's just such a cute little story. I just want to. I hope that the story made someone laugh. Is my my main goal. <laughs> I think in this episode, um, whether it's the David Attenborough impression or just the sound effects with the story, um, I hope that for those who didn't play it, I hope this inspires you to maybe want to play because it it's very short. It's a great time. We didn't put in um, everything in the game by any means. Like there's so many more things to do in this game before the end and after the game is over you get more tasks so i always encourage people please try the game out if you want to i think it's 20 bucks right now on the switch that i saw yeah um and um but you know and if you don't want to play and you kind of enjoy what this was then cool by all means i think house house is a cool developer i hope they make something cool for the next game whether it's an untitled goose game 2 or whatever it might be um so yeah i know it's just a, it's just a cute little story i thought yeah. it was a nice way to come back to getting back on the road with our stories or back yep. in the groove with our, our stories from Luigi's Mansion, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. But, it's great. Yeah, it was good. So, storygoers, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, as always, you can email us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Instagram, or you can call us on our toll-free number of 207-494-4334, and we will read or listen to everything on a future episode. Also, don't be afraid to... Donate to our Patreon for just a dollar. <clears throat> Excuse me. You get your exclusive scripts as well as the warm, fuzzy feelings of supporting just the two best guys ever. <laughs> us. <laughs> Specifically us, yeah. uh, For those on the East Coast, uh, up north, if you're going to be experiencing the storm, stay safe. For anyone experiencing anything negative, stay safe. We hope you're doing well. Uh, Ryan, is there anything else you want to say? Um, also, folks in the East Coast, get your act together. The West Coast is kicking your butts. <laughs> um, start listening more. Um. Mm. Mm -hmm. also be Mm -hmm. safe I guess Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> we need to open more yoga studios like California. Yeah, there'll exactly. be will be somewhere. Is that what it takes? I think it's so. all the sweating, all the sweating from yoga then transcends into the atmosphere, right? And this warms up. It's global warming. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's that's, like natural that's, warming. Yeah, it's the hot yoga. All the hot yoga is <laughs> is, is increasing the temperature of uh, the, the Earth. Alexa. Yes, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa so had some things to say about hot yoga. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, Story goers, I hope you're well and uh, happy, healthy, and all that good stuff. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Uh, short-term memory loss, you know, or long-term memory loss. You know what I mean? Like, who needs it? Or who has it? I don't know what I'm talking about.